Quote, we've been working for years to be able to make this announcement. Next week, we will introduce at most of our AMC brand theaters, Impossible Nuggets. AMC CEO Adam Aaron announced on Twitter last week with crispy breading on the outside and a 10 dog. Guys, he's just like explaining what just, nuggets are. <laughs> explaining the concept of chicken nuggets. He went Thank on you, Adam. to explain <laughs> what chicken nuggets are. Brunch! Hit it, boys! All right, we got breaking news. As of January 11th, 2022, AMC theaters now serve Impossible's vegan chicken nuggets across 37 states and maybe even earlier because it's really only as of January 11th, 2022 that this website knew that they were doing it and wrote a story. Oh, interesting. But there are now vegan chicken nuggets happening at AMC theaters. Really the most exciting part of that is now in addition to tenders, you can do nuggets. Yeah, I was going to say that doesn't really uh, register for me too much cuz I'm a I'm famously not a vegetarian. You're a meat eater. I am a meat eater. Everyone well, knows man, that about I'm you. Man, 40. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean like I'm happy for people who are interested in those things and maybe I'll give them a shot myself you'll eat, just You'll eat ham, right? You'll eat You'll that's right. That's how I prefer my seltzers, as we've discussed on previous episodes. Meats and cheeses. That's for right. Your seltzers. Yeah. They'll do bacon. If they've got it. If, if it's there, Pete will eat it. He's like a vacuum. Sorry, we just podcasted with the circling back guys. I think we still have like some circling back. It did feel. Yes. We like slowed down by like 10%. Got a little like more sarcastic. You do very to much adjust. have to like adjust. Yeah. We have to adjust our podcasting approach a little bit because their their show has like some dead air. They like let things marinate. They're yeah. very good at, at what they do and their style of comedy. They move slow. They move slow. They they really kind of they do the slow burn. Yeah, right. And not in like a it's slow type. Of, like that's like a deliberate choice, right? Like, and it works for them, and it's incredible. Like us, we're we're just like talking over each other. We're going a million miles an hour, and we intentionally have a little bit of noise in the background, mm-hmm. so you there couldn't be dead air if you want that's there true. to be. They like want like they, if if they produced their podcast the way that we produced ours, it wouldn't be as funny. Yeah, actually, like a peek behind the curtain, uh, they. They podcast exactly the same way that we do, but they fix it in post. They add in dead air That's intentionally right. in post. That's right. So you can snack if you're at the movies on Impossible Nuggets. I, I'll i be honest. I have never had any sort of Impossible Burger or Impossible Meat. I know a lot of people who have had it by choice and by accident, and I have never... Other than I've, I've heard of some stomach issues potentially, but I've never heard anybody say that it's not good. Trying an impossible uh, impossible meat by accident is the reverse Costanza. What, is, what does Costanza do? He throws uh, lobster in the scrambled eggs. That's right. And she's a vegetarian. That's right. She ends up... Yeah. I got some blowback on my lobster take for you got some uh, blowback on like your list just like overall yeah, yeah. there was like a someone's like not a good list and i was like yeah sounded like it like, <laughs> like i was there i was i was reading it i was probably saying as i was doing it like oh wait this this list isn't very good famously not your first bad list 
You got no, smoked in the yeah. Heim, Heim list debate. I mean, think of all the things I'm good at. Like <laughs> That's true. And I can't do lists. Yeah. But everything else, I'm incredible. It's wild. Um, we've been working for years. Let's continue this story. Quote, we've been working for years to be able to make this announcement. Next week, we will introduce at most of our AMC brand theaters, Impossible Nuggets. AMC CEO Adam Aaron announced on Twitter last week with crispy breading on the outside and a 10 dog. Guys, he's just like explaining what just, nuggets are. <laughs> explaining the concept of chicken nuggets. He went Thank on you, to explain <laughs> what chicken nuggets are and says, but it's hard to believe, he says, they are made solely from plants. It's not hard to believe. I'd have a little more confidence Listen, in the fact that they're like what, what they are if you're, yeah. you're trying to sell people on it. And it's also not like the first uh, vegan replacement. Yeah, he's acting like this is like the first chicken nugget <laughs> right. or like first like uh, impossible thing. I've had an made. impossible burger before and it's pretty good. Like it's it's hard to tell the difference. I think next time I'm at AMC, I will be doing Ooh. impossible nuggets because, man, I've been doing nuggets for a while recently i mean i wouldn't be opposed to doing the nuggets and tenders because you you know i don't get those tenders don't survive the previews most of the time oh they go so quick if i if i save one for the movie i feel good about myself sometimes i'll do that where especially with you, you guys know that i'm that uh i'm that boy when it comes to the uh raisin nuts or the cookie dough bites mm-hmm. i'll end up saving like a teeny bit i'll just save myself like one small handful for the movie Mainly out of shame. Yeah. Like, you can, like, what are you doing? But I think that I might have, like, money bag shame if I walked into a theater with both tendies and nuggets. Because that's going to be, like, $45. Right. That's like, a, look, you've got the money to mm-hmm. do this. But do you really need to do that? Do you really need to buy 10 cars just because you can afford 10 cars? I think that if you buy... I don't want the other moviegoers to be uncomfortable around me and feel right. any different. So what you should do is you should say, I'll take... Chicken tenders, some vegan nuggets, and whatever the person behind me wants is on them. But then you have to stand around and wait for them to order and everything. And And, you're like... And then thank me. Yeah. You have to stay for them thanking you as well. Yeah. But it's now... We're now moving up to uh, on like half hour now for preview time for (laughs) AMC. It's Very exciting. It's just been moving and moving and moving. I think it was... It must have been Scream 4 where I was like, yo, they hit like 29... Like they're getting, it was forever. It was when we started the podcast, it was 20 minutes, which was like crazy that it had gotten to 20 minutes. Then um, once the pandemic started, it would be 25 minutes. And now last movie I saw was 29 minutes. God damn. Uh, That's throwing another like wrinkle into uh, like why seeing a movie alone is better. Because like if you go with somebody else who's not like a super frequent movie goer, Mm. they're like, we got to get there on time. Yeah. And they're like, let me, t-, and then you have to explain to them. You're like, let me tell you mm-hmm. being on time for the movie is not being on time for the movie. Right. Being on time for the movie is showing up 25 minutes after the screen, the announced screen right. time. And then you kind of have to feel like an asshole for saying that. Right. But the, the thing with eating your food before the movie starts, I'll say is you should eat it immediately. When else do you get food other than when you're taking it someplace and you're like, ooh, I better eat this. I better eat this over the course of 40 minutes, especially if it's like chicken tenders. Well, that's the thing. Like if you get popcorn, you've, there's more shame in finishing it before the movie starts because <laughs> like, be you, you can you can pace yourself when it comes to popcorn. But like you are dipping in quality by the second 
if you've got like chicken tenders because yeah. you want those chicken tend you want those AMC chicken tenders to be 900 degrees when they go into your mouth hard as a rock <laughs> that's right hot as you want projectile nuggets uh-huh. being sent into four rows back and hitting people and you want everybody to hear that crunch if there were a McDonald's at the movie theater with McDonald's prices McDonald's prices and there were also the AMC snack bar. What would you do? Do you think you would ever go to McDonald's? I think I would think go to be... Mc... I think I would go to McDonald's like seventy five percent of the time. Yeah, just based off the price point. Yeah, do you know what had been a um, before I got all song woo on everybody buddy's asses? Uh, what had been a move for me? I've been doing it for about a year. Like if I was running around and. I was getting hungry or whatever, but I didn't want to actually eat a full meal or I didn't have time for it or whatever, is just hit a McDonald's and get one burger. Like, the not like a quarter pounder, just like a... Like a double cheeseburger? Yeah, or just like a, a hamburger, hamburger or whatever, or like a cheeseburger. It's like 14 cents or whatever, but more importantly, it's like a... It's legitimately a snack, on its own, a McDonald's burger yeah. is a snack. Yeah, so I usually do, uh, like when I go to McDonald's, I usually do two double cheeseburgers because... I do double BTS meal. <laughs> Hell yeah. BTS meal rocked. Two uh, sprites. That's right. Third sprite on the side. <laughs> um, no, the the uh, the double two double cheeseburgers is like enough to, to keep you satisfied, but it's not so much that like you've got the McDonald's hangover. Yeah. So that's sort of the sweet spot for me. I had just always been quarter pounder with cheese, no still, questions. You get asked, the hangover from but that. It can it's it's quite a greasy affair. Yes. It's there's And you're usually getting like the medium fry or large fry on top of that. Yeah. So that also adds to the hangover. I mentioned the circling back guys. Tomato Fights is back this week. Hell and yes. If you subscribe to the brunch Patreon, you are getting Tomato Fights today. Putting it out immediately for you just a little incentive which is dumb i guess we should have done some sort of thing to stretch out like two days of sign up for the patreon and get it but this is a really fun one we did ants versus a bug's life which if you're thinking aren't those kind of the same movie yeah yeah and they came out at the same time like so on paper everything about those movies even down to like one stars kevin spacey one stars woody allen like it's crazy they have so much in common they came out within a month of each other and it is truly have outrageous. the same Rotten Tomato score. It is truly outrageous that that happened over the course of history. Yeah. And you, I'll tell you, like, you want to hear all three of those guys on these <laughs> movies. I think that the end result, I pointed out after, I was like, the end result should not have been surprising. Like, how the votes fell. It was very, uh, when we first started doing stuff with Washed, you were like, there was a guy named Will. You guys are either going to love each other or hate each other. And the end result ended up being like DJ and Will were kind of doing their own thing that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh I was a little bit surprised that it uh that it went the way it w- the way that it did just because I thought it was going to be more one-sided. Yeah. I mean everybody's very funny on this episode, but please sign up so you can hear Dylan talk about ants. <laughs> he was horrified. He and- was horrified. He was like worried. Dylan's the best. He had some critical analysis. I was very impressed. Dave was on his game with... um, Dave knew a lot about um, both of these movies lasting 
impact on pop culture. Yep. Which was cool. He 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 gave us some fun facts, if That's you can right. believe that. So you want yeah, to please it. sign up for the Patreon. Uh, we've got that. We We're also so have... so close to the sleepover, by the way. So close. We're 17 away as of this recording. Ooh, baby. Just All right. Sign it. up for the Patreon. Get Tomato Fights even earlier access. Like, yeah. you're going to get it a two and a kidding? half weeks in advance this time. Joking? You cannot beat that deal. Uh, sign up for the Patreon. Patreon.com slash listen to brunch. We've also been kind of killing it with the... Uh, with the bonus episodes lately. Bonus episodes have bonus been so episodes strong. have been very good lately. Yeah. And that's not just them. coming from me. It's coming from the patrons. It's, yeah, it's coming from me as well. So <laughs> yeah. a lot of talk about the bonus episodes. Get in there. There's uh nice notes are just really uh moving fast. Get in there, get your nice note, get your bonus content, comment on the stuff. That's what's cool. We're getting comments and we're getting people talking to each other on there. It's a nice, fun community and it's just a bunch of people rocking together. That's what I want. That's what hopefully y'all want. So patreon.com slash listen to brunch. Get this wild tomato fights episode that will be coming out. It'll probably be out now if you're listening to this podcast. Why don't you pay some other bills for us, Pete? Uh, yeah. For most people, the new year means rethinking how they take care of themselves. Native makes it easy to switch to a personal care brand that makes all their products with simple ingredients. Native cares about the products you put on your body. They're all about shopping. Or they're all about stopping the stink the right way. Mm. That's the native difference. Uh. Native's coconut and vanilla scented al- aluminum free deodorant has been a customer favorite for years. And now Native is on a mission to overhaul your entire hygiene routine. They create products that are made with simple ingredients like shea butter and coconut oil, so you can smell great all day long. Native deodorant checks a lot of boxes. Aluminum-free, 24-hour odor protection, zero residue on skin application, and over 10 cents to really tickle your nostrils. And I guess other people's nostrils, too. You don't just wear deodorant for yourself. You wear it for other people. That's right. Native... uh, now is the time to treat yourself with Native. If you visit their site, you'll find not just deodorant, but body wash, bar soap, toothpaste, shampoo, conditioner, and even sunscreen. Everything you need to take your self-care to the next level. This year, up your personal hygiene routine with Native. Go to nativedeo.com slash brunch or use promo code brunch at checkout. And that'll get you 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash brunch or use promo code brunch at checkout for 20% off your first order. Famously, Dio is a native of Portsmouth, New Hampshire. You know who Ronnie James Dio is? No. He uh, is an American, was an American heavy metal singer. He perhaps best known as Ozzy Osbourne's replacement in Black Sabbath. He then fronted the band Dio, named after Ronnie James Dio, sang the song Holy Diver, and died in, when did he die? 2010. New Hampshire was all upset about it. Ah. They wish, they wish just a little longer, Dio. Dio's great. D-E-O Speedwagon. Yeah, he, his is spelled D-I-O, so not like Dio deodorant, because wow. there wasn't anything stinky about him. He That's was, true. He did it. So that's a D.O.D.O. talk. We got to get into this music controversy. You see, there's uh, two. Yo, uh, r- real quick. Uh, they got some limited edition scents 
for native. And they kind of, they, great packaging. They sound dope. They uh, look dope. Tie dye vanilla cupcake, mint cookie cupcake, fresh peach cupcake, and gen- ginger lemonade cupcake. Need all those. That it's incredible. We got to work on getting really ourselves some care package. Thing, uh, so it's uh, native. It's a native X baked by Melissa collab. Nice. I don't know what baked by Melissa is, but she must make she, some good ass cupcakes. Have, I bet she had the cupcake influence. Oh, I'm they, guessing when they met and they were like, "All right, what can we do?" It was the baker that suggested the cupcakes. Um, Taylor Swift v. Damon Albarn. We went to the uh, Bruins game last night and. You were breaking this news to me as we were walking into the game, and we were trying to follow it throughout the course of the night. But it's we- always a frightening experience when you see that Taylor Swift is feuding with somebody while you're like out in public. You're like, oh no, this is not even con- feuding with somebody, telling somebody how like being the underdog. It was a big Taylor Swift is the underdog day, unlike every other day of anything. But uh, Damon Albarn from Blur. And Gorillas, who has made many a classic tune in his life, controversially said in an L.A. Times interview that Taylor Swift doesn't write her own songs. Also, all we knew was that he said he said that she doesn't write her own songs and that Taylor Swift had tweeted at him saying, I was such a big fan of yours until I saw this. I write all of my own songs. Your hot take is completely false and all caps. So damaging. Taylor. You don't have to like my songs, but it's really fucked up to try and discredit my writing. Caps lock. Wow. Uh, the wow seemed a bit unnecessary. Yeah, but ultimately, but Taylor is right in what she says. Like, except yeah. for I was a big fan of yours. Taylor Swift didn't listen to Blur. Uh, but <laughs> she says, like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? I write my own songs. To which I would say to Damon Albarn, "What the fuck are you talking about, dude? She writes her own songs." I th- this was, and then I, I looked. Lord forgive me. I read into it and saw what happened, so I could form an opinion on this. And in an interview, the L.A. Times interviewer says she may not be to your taste, but Taylor Swift is an excellent songwriter. That is a that's terrible interviewing from that interviewer because that is that interviewer's opinion. Right. It's completely loaded to set somebody up with Taylor Swift is an excellent songwriter when Maybe that's not their opinion. That is very possibly Clearly not, his not opinion. their opinion. And in the case of this person, this person's opinion was that Taylor Swift is not a songwriter. <laughs> well, I think that's uh that's generalizing it a little bit. He right. he I think his argument was like she co-writes some of her songs. That's what he was. That's what he was saying. But he said she doesn't write her own songs. And then um, the interviewer did say that she co-writes her songs, and which that is true. By the way, when everybody does the whole, I'm not like hating on Taylor Swift. I'm just trying to like add more information to it. When people are like Taylor Swift and she writes her own songs, Justin Bieber writes his own. You're songs. right. He co-writes all of his songs too. Like and and. I mean, I think it's a very stupid thing to hold that against somebody who at doesn't. any point oh, in yeah. time. Yes, like, I completely agree. Or, or even hold it against somebody who does. Who, yeah, when people say... That like, or, or who, who like, co-writes. Like, yeah. yo, like, if you have an editor, yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah. If you're collaborating with somebody, you can come up with, like, an idea for a song. You bring it to somebody else. They change 
one or two things yeah. make it better. You've got a better song, and you and still wrote like 98% of it. You're just sharing the credit with somebody else. You know, there's an old trick they used to accuse uh, in the Eagles. They would accuse uh, Glenn Fry. He'd add like a co-writing credit no matter who wrote the song. The thing they would accuse him of? What? Say, oh, typical Glenn. Change a word. Get a third. He would make a, like a small recommendation on a song that you wrote and be like, hey, what if you said this instead? And it would, without question, be a thing that improved the song. Well, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Gotta do it. All right, written by DJ and Glenn Fry. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah well, well, it's like either if you're the person who wrote the other 98% or whatever, you can keep the 2% and acknowledge that you're making a worse song. Yeah, I have a tough time. Or you could put your ego aside a little bit and just like write the better song and shit or uh, split some credit. I have a tough time with that because like if you write the song and I encountered this with uh Vineyard Nights where I wrote and played everything and then sent it to Sean or my friend Brad and was like if there's anything you want to add, let me know and do it. Because if you're willing to play on this, I'd be so happy. And uh, Brad added keys to a song and Sean added a bunch of stuff. But And I'm like, by them putting something on there that I didn't tell them to do, they wrote parts. So how are they? But it just like goes without question that like, well, in that sense, they're not one of the songwriters. And I, I, I have this weird thing, and I've discussed this with musicians who disagree with this, but I think that performers on a song, unless the part has been written for them, aren't they, like, kind of songwriter? Didn't they kind of write the song? Right? Like if I, Yeah, like, like yeah, unless they're, you're given a thing, like, do like exactly this. Right. Yeah, but that's not, that's almost never what it's like when, when... People have session players or whatever musicians on song, so I think it's weird. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I that's why they differentiate written and performed, right? Yeah, but it's like writing that gets you the money. If you're a lot of times, if you're a performer on a song, it's just a, you just get one check. Mm-hmm. You're like hired flat fee. You're given a flat fee. You're given a rate. You go out and do it. And th- those people are absolutely like I've talked to session musicians who are like, yeah, that's like. You, this person needed, say, it's bass on this song, so they hired a person to come in and play bass on their song. What's the problem? And I'm like, yeah, I see it that way, but if it like makes a ton of money, like, didn't you all do it together? Even if like one person was like in charge of it, I don't know. But I'm getting getting in the the weeds here. But yeah, Taylor Swift co-writes her songs a lot of times. She'll Which is come fine. Up with the, the idea, bring it to somebody else. They'll refine it. They'll make it a better song. I have no problem with that. Especially when you're Taylor Swift and you can work with literally anybody that you want. Of like, course. It, you're, I think you're doing yourself a disservice if like your ego is so big that you're like, nope, only me. Right. Only me is going into this. So, But that's the thing. She does – this is just from people being stupid and not caring about information. She is treated as like a great songwriter and <laughs> – Well, I feel like most Taylor Swift fans are so delusional. No, that no, like they think she does everything. That they think she like engineers the album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that that's kind of what the – where the interviewer was coming from. No offense. This interviewer just did a really bad job. But uh, – What was the publication? It was the Los Angeles LA Times, Times, right? Yeah. Um, so the 
So Albarn said, that doesn't count. I know what co-writing is. Co-writing is very different to writing. I'm not hating on anybody. I'm just saying there's a big difference between a songwriter and a songwriter who co-writes. And he is completely correct about that. Like some, Because co-writing can be so many things. It can be what we talked about, or it can be a bunch of people sitting in a room coming up with something. A writer's table. Together, right. <laughs> it, but so he was, I think, trying to say, like, I don't count her. At, like when I think great songwriter or excellent songwriter in this journalist's words, I don't think Taylor Swift. And personally, I'm the same way. Not because she co-writes, though. I think it's because she doesn't write very creative songs. But that turned into Taylor Swift answering back to Albarn, which she should have, because by him saying she doesn't write her songs. Yeah, it's fucked up thing. I mean, she's right. It is like a weird situation. And you said this, it's like, you know, she's right, but also he's right in a way. He like nobody's. He made his point very, very poorly and said the wrong words, so he's wrong. Right, <laughs> like both people did things correctly and incorrectly here. Oh, I mean, the, the exchange between the journalist and Albarn, which is Taylor Swift is an excellent songwriter. She doesn't write her own songs. That is batting a it's thousand like a for everything yeah. wrong. <laughs> Every for just no, nobody said anything right there. I mean, at least, at least saying Taylor Swift is an excellent songwriter is an opinion. Right. Saying that she doesn't write her own songs is factually incorrect. Right. And Taylor's right when she says, like, it is damaging because if somebody takes those, like, oh, yeah, I heard she doesn't write her songs. Well, that's all you need now, too, and like these days, is you just need to hear, like, one piece of misinformation and it becomes fact for, like, a, a giant group of people. Yeah. But I'll tell you, man, when I read what happened and got to the bottom of this, I was like, Okay, world, let's try our best. We should be able to get past this one. This good luck. This should be an okay one. I don't know. I haven't really paid much Guess attention I can't, to it over can't the course of the day. Can't fucking look forward to that Taylor Swift slash Blur collab at any point in the future. Yeah, although he's uh, he's feuded with Oasis. I think that maybe he thought like Taylor Swift would be easier. I'm like, nah. She won't <laughs> no. be as mean, but like, you're toast. People now, are going to ruin your life. Now we could get a Taylor Swift Oasis collab just to th- throw it in his face. Oh, my God. That would be cowboy chords on <laughs> cowboy chords. If those two co-wrote together, I could tell you the chords of the songs. Okay, you guys ready? I'm just telling you this in case this ever happens. I'm calling it right now. If Taylor Swift and Oasis make a song together, the chords of the songs will be C, G, A minor, D, maybe E minor. Not going to be anything other than that, because it's just going to be some basic-ass stuff, and everyone's going to call it incredible. I'll Love tell it. you what. I don't know what that means like or sounds, sounds like, like but it sounds like it's going to work for me. I really like that <laughs> yeah. song. That's going to be a really, really, really good song. <laughs> um, okay. So that's Taylor Swift. How, how did you have fun at the uh, you have fun at the hockey game? It was, The Bruins played terrible, uh, which it was... Such was a bad game. Was to be expected. I'm on an absolute tear of seeing bad Bruins games. The last game that I saw in person was the uh, 2018, 2018 Stanley Cup Final Game 7. Me too. Famously, not a good result for the Bruins. Well, it's not. It, I mean, it wasn't a good result, but it was terrible they played, too. That's true. Everything was bad. Yeah. Sure, the result wasn't good, but every nothing. Everything was else was bad, too. But You're everything right. yeah. was the worst um, part of the, the world. The game before that that I had seen was Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final against the St. Louis Blues. Took an L almost, almost like the same game yeah. as Game Seven, yeah. except there was a terrible trip involved in Game Five and that that didn't get called. 
So like everybody was was upset and sad. Play to the hero whistle, boys. <laughs> uh, so uh, over three on my last right. over three on my last Bruins games. Um, this one had lower stakes. Not a super enjoyable product, but I had a I had a great time. I had a great time too. I uh, there were Jeff's tickets. Jeff has incredible he season has very, tickets. He has very very good seats. Like there are there are websites where you can look up like what are the best vantage points in certain places. I think that Jeff's seats might be like they're like four rows. They're like four or five rows away from being like the best seat in the house. Right, right. They're very good seats. Just a. Horrible product to watch. Bruins terrible in their own end. A lot of like, it was a big, you need the goalie to be good night. Goalie wasn't goalie good. Goalie was terrible. Nick Foligno. because we're Tuca guys, and we were so happy that we were going to see Tuca. And the only thing that people in Boston sports are talking about all day is that like, Tuca's the worst, and that they shouldn't have signed him, and that he should have been in Providence, and the Bruins got screwed by those games being canceled in Providence because of COVID, and we're swaying and everything. So it really was just... It is cool to say that we saw Nick Foligno's most prominent game as a Bruin, um, but it is unfortunate that he did nothing good in that game. He was a big participant. Everything, he just had a hand in everything that happened, stupidly. I did a, such a stupid move. It was really the stupidest thing I've done. I, had, I made two reservations before the game for nearby places. I won't say what they were because I don't want to sound like I prefer one over the other because I love both these places, but... I made reservations at two places, was like, hey, where you want to go beforehand? You're like, how about this place? Cool. Awesome. I'm just going to be a respectful, nice person. Cancel the other reservation so people can get in there. Mm-hmm. What a nice guy. Also, folks, I've been doing it recently. If you're going to sports games, be smart. Make reservations. It's such a game changer. Having reservations before, instead of walking into a place that's packed, ugh. Yeah, I mean, but that's I think that's like your your official transition to adulthood. Like that's what adults do. Yeah. I, I actually learned it from one of my adult friends who's very good about doing that. Like every weekend is good at having multiple reservations going and is respectful about like once they know this is where we're going to go, they cancel the other ones, no harm no foul. So I was like, okay, let me just cancel the place we're not going and as we were talking about this place that we were going to, I was searching my inbox for the place we were going to, went to cancel reservation. It said, are you sure you want to cancel the reservation? Because it seems like you just told Pete this is where you're going. I'm listening through your computer. And it doesn't yes. seem like you want to cancel this reservation. Right. Like the whole computer is like, no, <laughs> wrong one, wrong one. Such an idiot. And I was like, fuck, I canceled the wrong one. You're like, oh, that's stupid. They're, they should have like, it should be like, are you sure before you click cancel? I was like, they did, boy, man. <laughs> they gave me like 15 chances to not do it. But we had a good time. It was cool just going to a hockey game. It was, uh, I hadn't been to a Bruins game. We both had the same reaction. Like, we are big hockey people. Uh, we famously have both covered the sport at yeah. times in our lives. Uh, it had been a few years, but we both had the exact same reaction. We were sitting in our seats. The Bruins were about to come through the tunnel. And we kind of just like looked at each other and were like, man, this is so cool. Yeah. I'm so glad we're here. I I can't wait to watch hockey. Yeah, just like being at a hockey game. Yeah. Seeing them up uh, up close. First time that I've experienced like those like pregame goosebumps a little bit. And it felt awesome. I was positive that those died forever ago. I have probably been to... A disgusting number of Bruins games yeah. in my life. Like, probably close to, 
Uh, I've probably been to like at least 300 Bruins games. I was going to say 500. That might be excessive, but like it's different when you work it though. Right. Um, and I don't know. I I think it's a very, I've probably been to like 25 as a fan. fan, Yeah. If that, I think it's very, very cool to, uh, like have those moments where like you may have felt like you were perhaps jaded yeah with something um and then there's like the reminder you get that like that reminder like nah you still really appreciate this and it's very awesome oh yeah like i i consider myself a bruins fan now like i I consider myself like a a slightly no i was gonna say slightly above casual bruins fan but i think that i probably am like a little higher than that like i'm not like a die hard like I think you're like a. I would say like you're a knowledge. You're a, uh, I'm a, knowledgeable, a highly casual, knowledgeable casual Bruins fan. High functioning, like, yeah. casual uh, Bruins. I fan. I have that uh, that that feeling um, every time I go to Fenway for the first time in a baseball season. I, I haven't been in like a year or two, um, but like every time I go to Fenway for the first time in the summer, and I like walk through the tunnel and see the field. Yeah, I get like. I get like those chills and it's always an awesome reminder that like I love this place yeah. and I'm very uh very fortunate that I can like watch baseball games here. Do you think that at this point being a high functioning Bruins fan is the same as like high functioning depression? <laughs> Not quite. Um they've had a good 2022 so far. Last night though. Yeah, and they the nice little homestand they've had. Last night was like a depressing game or like if your team is that team like all the time then oh you're, you're probably not a hockey fan <laughs> right then you probably like don't think that hockey's a cool sport well it, the, the the most frustrating thing was that like they 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 were were like playing so shitty for like almost the entire game and then they would have like nice stretches of two or three minutes maybe they score a goal pull within striking distance where like hey you get one more this is a new game and they did that like three times yeah we ain't done, by the way. We got more stuff this week. We're going back to the garden Hell yeah. for one Casey Musgraves, famously a, a show we mainly got tickets for for the openers because Muna. King Princess and Muna are going to be there. I can't remember. Did you know them when no. the tickets were no. got? No. So, so this has been... I have only known I've Muna forgotten. for like three or four weeks nice uh, silk chiffon when you played that in the car on the way home from new york city yeah. was my first exposure to muna and then like the month since i've become the world's biggest muna fan awesome uh one of our friends saw them open for few bridgers and was like yeah they weren't very good i know so we'll see i mean i don't know how much better it would be in an arena but we got good we got some good seats for the show that doesn't like particularly bother me though like if somebody if somebody doesn't like necessarily translate super well to the stage it doesn't make me think less of them it's a bit disappointing that like you're not going to get that live experience yeah. in the way that you would want but like the music still stays the same on like my phone and tr- true also if you really like the artist and they're not great live and we'll see because i don't want people to think okay because we heard Moon is bad live, they're bad live. We don't know if they are. But even if they aren't incredible live, if you really like them, you have an awesome time right. seeing them live. Yeah. And you would go back and see them live again. So I'm 
Personally, I would say I'm slightly more pumped for King Princess, but I am extremely pumped for both. We were saying that we're probably going to be causing some trouble at the uh, opener merch tables. Yeah, Yeah, and we can't fuck up the reservations on Thursday because we are operating on a strict time budget that we need to be in the building for the openers. Yeah, we're going to be in the building early. Maybe we get our merch beforehand. It's going to be a good time. I'm very much looking forward to it. This, I keep acting like every time I go to a concert, it's my first concert since the pandemic started. And it's just not true. I don't know why I keep doing that. I was just about to say, like, first show since... And it's like... You, we, like went to like, we went to Helmuth like three weeks ago. Yeah. I'm pumped, though. It's going to be a, uh, a, a good time. We uh, also... I don't know. It came up in a very weird way, but... I rewatched Paid in Full, a great gangster movie from, when would that have been? 2002, right? Something like that? 2000-ish? Uh, I would say it's definitely pre-2003, like, 4. 2002. Okay. Nailed it. That's just a... That's an awesome movie. Yeah. A, a, uh, I don't want to say it's like a... It's not like a... It's obviously not a, like a hidden gem, mm-hmm. but I think that like the people who know about it will tell you about it. But there are, I would I would guess that a lot of people have a blind spot for uh, paid in full. Yeah, yeah, for sure. My I remember my friends and I loved it in high school. That was like, there's a lot of Scarface stuff in paid in full, but like. That was like our Scarface. Yeah, it's like a real rags to riches gangster story. Right, we loved it so much incredible cast Mackay pfeiffer wood harris just uh cameron cameron of course famously um also by the way we were the, they dissed him in the uh in the credits it's on the tv it said it was Mackay pfeiffer wood harris and kevin carroll and I was we like, like, wow, that must mean that is that that's Cameron's, Cameron's name? name. No, Kevin Carroll is the guy who plays Calvin. What? Yeah. So they just act like Cameron's not in that movie. What's Cameron's real name? Let's look it up. Is it Cameron? I hope it's Cameron. I could see it being that. Let's see. Cameron. Cameron Giles. Really? Yeah. Better known by his stage name, though. You know who that is? Cameron Giles. Yeah, Cameron Giles. He's an American rapper. He's from from Harlem. But yeah, got to shout out that movie. I'd forgotten. All I remembered really was like a lot of the cool lines. Like my friends and I were such dorks, but like somebody was wearing nice clothes. Like very fresh, very fresh, very fresh, the way that Mackay Pfeiffer would say it. And uh, one of the guys says water as a way of like see you later or peace. We'd say water all the time. (laughs) Like, all right, water. And our parents were like, hate these children. Um, <laughs> I remembered. But I remembered. Do you remember really what happened? Yeah, with- I remembered like some details, but not really the story all that much. Like, I remembered there was a big conversation on a basketball court, and I thought that a murder happened there, but it was actually like a flashback or like a flash oh, yeah. uh, cutaway from the basketball court to a murder. And it was like, I don't know. I don't know how I remembered that, but like nothing else. I remembered uh I remembered certain aspects of it. I remembered one murder scene that was very upsetting and 
But the, the last act of that movie, just like terrible thing after terrible thing yeah. after terrible thing happens. And I don't know if it's like trying to like model itself after like the beats of Scarface where like, all right, he kills Manny. Uh, like the people break or like he kills the guy in the car. So then is it Souza who's going after him? I don't Are you know. a Scarface guy? No. Really? Have you seen Scarface? I've seen like bits and pieces of it. Yeah. But anyway, like, yeah, when shit starts to unravel, it unravels like crazy. But I'd forgotten the kid, Sonny, gets kidnapped. And as I was rewatching it, I hadn't seen it for like maybe 20 years now. I was like biting my nails trying to be like, what happens to Sonny? Not a good ending for Sonny. Just like everyone dies in that movie. You remember that? Paid in full? Yeah. 